everyone. Thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name's Aaron. This is Caleb. We're grateful to be with you guys today on Cedar Point Church's fastest growing podcast where we are real, raw, uh, relational, and sometimes irreverent. Um, and we are on part two today of... Uh, last week's episode so be sure if you have uh, just joined us today be sure to check out um, last week where we went over um, the first part of this and it's the the 12 rules uh, for life which is based on a book that I've never read uh, but Caleb has so yeah. I'm gonna throw it over to Caleb so he can at least say the name of the book <laughs> right. yeah so we're doing part two of uh, so we're doing rules 7 through 12 of uh, 12 rules for life by Jordan Peterson um, big fan of the book actually as I'm I'm Gold. a huge fan too. Yeah, so yeah. I can tell. Yeah. You're like, I don't know what it's the green eggs and ham. Is that? Uh, I think you made that joke last <laughs> week. But um, yeah, uh, big fan of of uh, this book and um, what it teaches because again, as we go through these things, and, we, and if you listen to last week, there's a lot of stuff that parallels what we we were already kind of we we teach and preach here at um, Cedar Point Recovery. Uh, one of the largest recovery groups in the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, one of the largest, yeah. One of the largest. Possibly the largest. Possibly the largest. <laughs> you know, there's a debate going on right now. Um, but, you know, as, you know, and, and I've the reason we did this was because, I, you know, I, I bring this references with a lot um, through previous previous podcasts. I'm like, well, let's let's just, you know, go through what, what it talks about. And um, because, again, you, you know, maybe you're like, like Aaron and don't read well. And so you want to. I just read other things. <laughs> comic yeah. books picture harry, books harry potter yeah harry potter and, um well and i and, and to be fair i will <laughs> say this is a, this book uh it's it's a tough read um uh but uh anyway i was like you know we should we should just go over these things and, and share it with uh, the audience so this is like an audio book except with uh humor yeah right <clears throat> yeah then less content yeah <laughs> um I, I if i was trying to listen to this book on the road it would put me to sleep i'm sure yeah there's a couple uh <laughs> It's been it's been really good, but uh, recently um, listening to uh, In Search of Timothy. I don't know if you ever read it. It's a uh, one of your favorite people, um, but uh, no, Tony Cook. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. <clears throat> now he's I like his teaching and everything, but yeah. he's reading it. And if you ever heard him, he's uh, his voice is not very excitable. No. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. I was at this. Like, yeah. And it's just thing. like so. Uh, I, I write it when I bike a lot and uh, or read it. Um, or <laughs> had the last couple times and it's just like whew, man <laughs> like, it like Aaron's gonna show a bunch of bruises and scratches and what happened to you I fell asleep on my bike <laughs> no, luckily the content is phenomenal yeah um, but he's a good teacher he is uh, but uh, yeah it's just like oh, yeah come on get somebody else to read it there was another one of his I listened to he had somebody else read it yeah sadly that person was worse than him oh really i was like how did you do this like <laughs> he's trying to make himself look good yeah i guess i guess yeah. um but yeah well and uh also if you notice i'm a little bit more base than usual because uh, my kids decided to share you know their disease i thought you were taking me. up smoking that that was it too yeah. but uh i think it's more the, the disease so this is the 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 links i'm willing to go yeah. through for you people is i'm willing to expose aaron to sickness <laughs> in order to record a podcast uh for for all five of you people that listen yeah. to us so, so yeah if i can't preach on monday just know just know it was caleb's fault i'm just trying to set myself up for an opportunity to preach uh -huh. so if you can't if you can't preach just let me know all right I'll be, i should be over by then <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's get into this because uh i don't want to have this guy start complaining about how long we're going so um so we're going to start. Uh, so again, if you haven't listened, uh, I would encourage you. Um, you don't have to have listened to last week's to listen to this week's, but um, you know you want the whole picture. So make sure you listen. To last week was uh, rules one through six. Today we're going through rules seven through twelve. So rule number seven: 
pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. So again, this is something that we we talk about. This is, um, you know, when we are dealing with addiction and uh, that kind of thing, the um, what one of the main drivers for that is I don't feel good right now, so I want something to make me feel better. And so I'm going to reach for drugs, alcohol, whatever, food, whatever it is to make myself feel better, this instant gratification. And this is exactly what this is talking about is that we need to learn to start to sacrifice our short-term pleasure for long-term gains. Yeah. Um, so, but the other thing that he makes the point of in this rule, which again is something that we talked about here, is that not only in, in the context of what makes you feel good in the moment, you know, trying to sacrifice that thing, you know, not spending all your money, um, you know, on frivolous things right in the moment so you can save it for, you know, a nice vacation or that kind of stuff. But he, he talks about also that um, w- one of the, the things that, help you live live a fulfilling life is to sacrifice your own personal um, wants and needs to serve others for a meaningful existence and then so that again putting others in front of yourself um, putting others needs and stuff uh, in front of your own helps you to uh, live a fulfilled life which again it's something we teach here i mean that's, <coughs> that's actually the last lesson in, i think in that my guy book, yeah, so. jesus taught it yeah, yeah it was uh, jesus yeah jesus um. <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah anyway sorry it's, it's funny when you're trying to laugh when you when you're sick and your nose is like Start running and so you're like yeah so you like have to hold it back and so it's like <laughs> it's a, you feel like such an idiot yeah. anyway i'm just pointing that out so um, one of the quotes he has in this rule says if the world you're seeing is not the world you want therefore it's time to examine your values it's time to rid yourself of your current presuppositions right your current you know kind of beliefs about uh, (coughs) what you can or can't do Um, it's time to let go if it might even be time to sacrifice what you love best so that you can become who you might become instead of staying who you are so that's a really good quote from that that part yeah, it really is, um, and you know, especially when it comes to addiction, like Caleb said earlier. I mean, it really is about that that instant gratification. Um, but even outside of that uh, culture today, you know, is that we live in the fast food culture, the Amazon Amazon Prime culture. You know, I, I you know, was on there like last week, and you know, I finished my order, and I got a guy on my door. You know, the hey, here's package. I mean, that's what it feels like, yeah. and that's that's the mode that we get in with everything. Um, and so, you know. That's not how life functions, though. You know, when you're looking for something that's a meaningful pursuit. And so we have to begin to break away from what has become cultural norms. Um, you know, so much so that it's it's impacted every relationship. You have people throwing marriages away because it's not instantly the way that they think it should be. Um, and they want the 30-year the relationship on a 30-day commitment. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, uh, this is just too much. And clearly you're not my soulmate, um, which, uh, you know, comes from some pagan belief anyways. I <laughs> uh, won't get into that. But um, we, we really do have to learn to pursue what, what's actually meaningful. And the thing with meaningful um, is it's hard. And I tell my kids this, um, any, anything worth doing um, is, is worth doing right. Um, and doing something right um, requires work. It requires yep. work and, um, and effort. And um, it requires sweat <laughs> sometimes, you know, blood of, of I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scratch out success here. Um, uh, against all odds and at all costs, and then that's the kind of what we have to do. Um, 
again, don't buy into what culture has sold us as uh, you can have your best life now immediately, um, it just it, instantaneously. I mean, it's just, it's crap, so. Yeah, yeah. you know, we, uh, um, I'm having this conversation with my daughter right now. She's, uh, she's nine, and um, she... You know, all of our kids do well in school, but um, so so then when they you know kind of have get like a C or something, we're like, hey, what's going on here? Um, because you know that's always tough. What we tell our kids, like, listen, if you if you fail something because you didn't understand it, then that's one thing. But if we if we don't do well because we didn't try, that's a whole other thing. And 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 I'm like, listen, if you guys try, you should be getting A's and B's. And so you know, she's she, she's been struggling with reading a little bit. And, um, and I know it's because she's, it's not because she doesn't have the, the ability to do it, but, um, it's because she doesn't want to put in the work, you know, it's like, yeah. well, I have to, you know, read this whole passage. And then if, you know, when I ask the questions, I'd have to go back and look for the actual answers. She doesn't say that, but I know that's what the problem is because the boys went through the same thing. And I told her that, it's like, listen, honey, you know, she, what she, she's like, but I'm good at math because that's, that's easier for her. And it's like, well, okay, but this is a thing that you need to do, you know, like you have to put in the work here to be good at reading. And that's what I told her is like, listen, reading is the most important thing you can do is because if you can read well, then you can learn how to do anything, yeah. you know? And, and so this is worth putting in the work, you know? And so we're trying to get that lesson across to her still working on it. But, um, you know, and that's, what we do the same to the boys and they're avid readers, which is, I'm very happy of, um, because again, that, you know, that's something that's going to, pay off dividends major dividends later in life but yeah we all we always we all do that though we all kind of lean towards whatever is the path of least resistance whatever is the easiest yeah. you know so um you got to actually intentionally go after those things that are hard to do intentionally teach yourself to do the things that are difficult um so so pursue what is meaningful not what is expedient that's rule number seven so rule number eight tell the truth or at least don't lie, which I like that <laughs> addendum there. Um, but you know what? It, what he's talking about here is obviously there's. I mean, obviously what what it sounds like, right? Be honest, right? I mean, that's your reputation and your character um, are are kind of all that we really have. You know, it's who we are. And um, if people can't trust you, you're not going to get very far in life. But the other thing, the point he makes here is that this includes to yourself, right? So. It means you have to be honest with yourself. And so if you're working towards a goal and not putting in the work, and then you're like, well, I don't understand why I didn't get where I wanted to go. You know, it's, it's, every, it's everybody else's fault. It's like, no, you didn't. You're not being honest with yourself. And you're not saying, you know, you're not, look, I, I, I failed here. Um, I didn't do the work. I didn't put in the time to, to make myself better or prepared to, to complete this goal. Um, and so it's nobody's fault but my own for not doing that, you know. So that's uh you know, I talk about all the time, you know, triathlon, this last race I did, like, um, I, I was, I wasn't too thrilled with my time and, you know, I look back at my training and I go, well, I missed a lot of key running workouts. You know, it wasn't the weather, it wasn't the race course. It wasn't, you know, my bike not working right. It wasn't, you know, the other racers on the, on the course were mean to me. It was, I didn't do the work. I didn't put in you know, I miss key workouts. You miss key workouts. You don't, you don't get the benefit from them. And when you don't get the benefit from them, then um, you're not going to perform the way you want to. And so 
that's um, something that we have to when it again when we're talking about telling the truth it gets, it's not just to other people but it's to ourselves yeah Romans <clears throat> 12 uh, and it kind of starts in verse 3 um, but it says uh, uh, Paul says here because of the privilege and authority God has given me I give each of you this warning don't think you are better than you really are be honest in your evaluation of yourself measuring yourself by the faith that God has given us and you know this is obviously geared more towards uh, you know our walk with Christ and everything but I mean it's what holds true from a, a biblical standard is uh, self-evaluation is incredibly important and um, it's a it's an epic failure that um, most people um, gladly walk into <laughs> and they don't take the time to, to look at this I mean especially I, I love that um, <laughs> if you're working towards a world not putting work um, you're not putting in the work you're lying to yourself um, and you know Caleb's example there of you know you can get ticked off well they're they're here why am I here um, and completely ignore the fact that well you watch Netflix and they studied um, you know they they were working out physically um, and you know you were eating uh, double cheeseburgers yeah. you know it's it it does matter you know when when people are at the top very few people are just handed a silver spoon and and given success even people that were given that um had to work to keep it in a lot of um, instances um and we we do have to be honest with that and instead we just get so ticked off at the people around us we make judgments we're jealous um we're condemning um because that's that's much a much easier pill to swallow than um, I just suck yeah. <laughs> and I didn't do what I was yeah. supposed to do and that's why I'm it's a just failure. lazy. Yeah. Well, you know, this, we, I, that reminds me of the, um, you know, uh, grit, that book I was, we talked about a few, I don't know, it's been a few episodes, but there was, and I, and I brought, brought, brought this up on that podcast was that there was a, they did a study or a survey in that and they reported the results in this book and they talked they asked all these people like how important is hard work and dedication to succeeding in life and like 90 you know eight percent of them were like it's it's you know a critical factor and then when they talked about and then the follow-up was you know pointing out all these successful people and how do you think they got to there and and like 98 percent of everybody said it was luck yeah you know and it's like because because if if they got lucky then it's not my, then I'm not responsible for not being there. You yeah. know, that's what they were trying to, that's what the point they were getting to is that if I can say that, you know, somebody who succeeded was just lucky, well, then, then there's no responsibility on my end to do better because it means they just got lucky, you know, and I'm just not lucky. It's not that I haven't put in the work that they have. It's just, they got lucky and I didn't. Yeah. When you look at some of the wealthiest men in America, um, they actually all started from the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have anything. Yeah. Um, and you know, they did, uh, they took chances, um, at their own expense, you know, when we were out enjoying life, you know, in that season, playing with friends, they, some of them were working yeah. hard then. Yeah. Um, and you know, especially in the early twenties and stuff, you look at the stuff they actually did. And I love those stories. Um, when I, when I get to, uh, you know, read them and, and just kind of put myself and it's like, man, Screw that. <laughs> I yeah. don't want to do that. That's why right. That's why they're there. That's why they're there. And um, it's, uh, it's hard. Yeah, that's one of my other favorite books is uh, The Millionaire Next Door. And I wish every American would read that, you know, like, um, because we have this idea that, you know, it's like, oh, everybody just inherited their wealth and all this stuff. And, it's, and it goes, it just goes through and chronicles, kind of characterizes all the millionaires 
and it's like they're all C average students. They're all first generation rich, yeah. wealthy, meaning they, they earned it themselves. Most of them were actually a majority of them were like within a one generation or two generations of, of immigrating to the country. Yeah. And I mean, you know, basically what you're talking about is they, they started with nothing, but they had, they had this incredible work ethic and they built it, you know, you know, they didn't get in a bunch of debt. They built up these businesses and became incredibly successful because they put in a lot of work. Um, it's like, it's a really, really good book. Um, but yeah, I mean that's what it works down to. You know, luck, luck may have something to do with it, but really you have to become willing to be honest with yourself and say, did I put in the work? Am I doing? You know, if I didn't put it, why am I not putting in the work? And how do I get to that place? You know, and so um, you know, for me that that is one thing that that I value um, greatly is 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 I try to be self aware um, because uh, you know something that irritates me like to no end is people who aren't so. That's why I just can't handle going to Walmart is <laughs> because, you know, those people walk around and just leave their cart, you know, across the aisle and, you know, take all day. And it's like you th people who act like they're the only ones in the store, you know, yeah. and I just want to <clears throat> ram them with my my <laughs> cart. Um, but, you know, self-awareness is such a, a value. They're, like I said, it's an important value for me and it's something that's in, in great um, decline in America you know, and that we just don't seem to act like anybody else exists and that we just, we can go on and do whatever. Um, and so, you know, and, and besides, I, you know, I want to be on top of, if there's something that I should be doing better, I, I want to, I'm hoping to, to become aware of it before somebody points it out to me, Yeah. you know? And so then when somebody does point it out to me, like, let's always make that joke. I don't have feelings, you know, because you can say whatever, because you, know, you can, because most times if you point out something that I'm doing that's irritating you, I'm probably aware of it, you know, and I'm, I'm you know, probably trying to do better about it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm not, but, um, you know, because again, that's something I try to practice is, is self-awareness is trying to be as absolutely self-aware as, as self-aware as I can be and be as honest as I can be. So I can correct the things that I can't control. Um, so rule number eight, tell the truth or at least don't lie. Uh, rule number nine. Um, oh, I didn't read this old, had this old quote here on rule number eight. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. It's the drugs. <laughs> uh, I'm I mean, the legal drugs that I'm taking. Um, you, he says this, and I, this is a really good, and this one I'm going to go ahead and say it. As he says, you are by no means only what you already know. You are also that which you could know if you only would. Thus, you should never sacrifice what you could be for what you are. You should never give up the better that resides within for the security you already have. And certainly not when you have already caught a glimpse, an undeniable glimpse of something beyond, which I really like because, it's, you know, that that is our competition. It's not us versus somebody else. It's us versus the, the version of us that doesn't try, yeah. that doesn't <clears throat> succeed um, and, and doesn't get better. And so that, I really like that one. Sorry. Man, I'm getting out of breath by reading <laughs> long passages. Like, this sucks. <laughs> Rule number nine. Assume that the person that you're listening to might know something you don't. Okay, this rule's crap. Don't listen yeah, to that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but this is, uh, so even in the moments of, you know, maybe somebody, some, some, somebody, I was about to say something insulting, but a person says something to you that's insulting or criticism or what, you know, um, maybe there's a kernel of truth in it. Typically there is. It's just the delivery that's bad. Yeah. You know, and so um, 
It's imperative to give people your full attention, stay curious, and ask insightful questions that might that make you wiser, which is um, it's a good philosophy to have in life. Now, do we do that very well? No. You know, we won't always assume we know more, or we know everything, and that nobody can give us value. But even when we have disagreements with people, listening um, attentively can make us a better person. And that's yeah. a hard thing for me to say. <laughs> Um, you know, and I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm kind of torn on this. It really depends. Um, there's times, uh, I'm definitely <clears throat> a know-it-all and, and I struggle in, in this area. And then on the other hand, um, I can be really receptive and it kind of depends on my mood. Um, and the only reason I have that second mode is because I spent 10 years as a graphic artist, um, where I would pour my heart and soul into stuff to have some moron that was you know thought they knew what they were talking about rip it apart <laughs> tell me what garbage it was and you know you do that for 10 years and uh <laughs> you you learn to just take what people are telling you and, and look for things i mean you really do i think that helped me to develop it um but you know it's kind of funny you know if my wife has something to say about the way that i am that's bull crap it's not <laughs> it's not true um you know and that's kind of how my mind goes um but, but um, it's, it's funny, you know, it's, we, there's other times where I just, I really succeeded this, but I know, um, you know, I speak a lot and it's what I do and I didn't, um, I feel like I'm, I'm okay at it now. Um, I do. And, um, but a part of the reason that I'm okay at it now is because early on, uh, I sought criticism for growth. Um, I would watch video like you're in football of every time I spoke um, I would take mental notes and sometimes written notes on mannerisms, on words that I would say, the way that I presented myself to the crowd. I would go and talk to people and say, how did I do? And they say, you did great. And I would say, shut up. Like, that's not <laughs> what I'm looking for. Tell me where yeah. I failed. I don't, need to, I don't need to hear I did good. I'm not looking for affirmation here. I'm looking for growth. Um, I, I want to be better. And the only way I'm going to get better is if you tell me what stood out to you. Um, it took a long time for me to get certain people even on board um, with that type of like mindset of you you really want me to rip apart what you did? Yes, I need you to. I obviously wasn't part of your life. Then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've heard you. I just, I just ignore a lot of the things <laughs> oh, okay. you say. Um, I've been really working on that one you've been harping on for three years. The time? Yeah, the time. Yeah, no. I've been putting a lot of effort in that. I, I, well, I was about to say I could tell, but yeah. The last last week was uh, exception. Yeah, yeah. We had to throw in, you know, the the whole chip celebration thing. And, no. Yeah. And it seems like we're trying to shift blame here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was rule number eight? Yeah. Uh, Nobody likes tell rule the truth, eight. or at least don't lie. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that's that is some to uh, somebody. I'm, I'm incredibly. Uh, or at least I was before I'm better. This is something I've worked on is, uh, not being super defensive. And it, it kind of came back from, um, you know, growing up, uh, you know, I was kind of the fat kid, the quiet kid that always got picked on. And, um, so my natural reaction is to be incredibly defensive and, um, you know, and to come up, um, well, and, and the other, my other hang up on this one is that I'm, I'm, I'm fairly quick witted and sarcastic. And so I'm always looking to get a good quip in, you know, and get a good zinger yeah. coming back at somebody. And so just, it's something I have had to, to try to work on and improve and, and to not, you know, when somebody says something to me to not jump right to that and to go, 
you know, now they may be totally off base, whatever, but I, I, I would, in most cases now, I'll try to listen to it and say, you know, okay, well, you know, they're, the way they said it was totally wrong, but is there anything, is, you know, is there any sort of truth behind what it is they said to me? You know, is that something I can, and that is one of the things that I do struggle with is I, uh, and I, I, I replay uh, conversations like negative ones over and over and over like negative. I mean, it's, it's just heaven help me if I happen to get, wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom after something like this, because as soon as my brain is aware, then it's like, let's replay that conversation a thousand times at three in the morning. And I just lay there and, and, and think about, well, what did they mean by this? What is, you know, and I try to play out all the possible situations and how I could have responded and, and all this stuff. And, and, you know, I, I struggle sometimes to let those things go. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, that is something I've worked on is try to say, okay, you know, Hey, you know, when you point out that, you know, as a music director, we, we were just having a conversation beforehand, you know, when I point out that you got off beat or whatever, like you're really mean when you say that, I'm like, I'm not mean, you know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm just not cheery when I say, you know, I'm just not, you know, I'm just saying, I, you know, to me, I'm just saying the truth. Right. And I, there's no malice or anything behind it, but I know my delivery can come off somewhat blunt, shall we say. And so, you know, I listen to that and say, OK, well, you know, is there a way I could do this a little bit better that I could, you know, soften the edges a little bit for these sensitive singers or, <laughs> or whoever, um, you know, because I is is it. Is it, is, it, is it a hill worth dying on? You know, no, I want to say it this way. You know, it's like, it's one of those things where you have to stop and, like I said, again, you take in what somebody says and say, well, what, where's the where's the truth here? Where's the area that I can improve? You know, if there is, I will. And if there isn't, then I won't, you know? And that's just because you it, it listen to somebody doesn't mean you have to accept everything they say, yeah. right? So, and I think that's sometimes <coughs> where we do mess up is we just, uh, especially church, you know, we, well, we got to, be as non-offensive or whatever and just what if anybody says anything we just have to accept it so no you don't have to accept it we can we can say no in you know in a, in a loving way it's like no we're not going to compromise on this belief or, or how we do this thing um you know i'm sorry you feel that way but no we're not going to do that you know so um but but this one is this can be hard especially in kind of the climate we're in nowadays you yeah. know um, especially like politically you know, oh, every, everything everybody else on the other side of the political aisle says is completely wrong all the time, no matter what. It's well, everything's an affront on identity now. Yeah, <clears throat> and I mean, that's not a good way to, to have a society. On both sides. Right. I mean, we're not attacking one side on no, that. No, 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 because, yeah. because both sides are doing that. Yeah, you know? it's just everybody, are. everybody across the board. It's, you know, this is what happens when we have everything's tied to our identity. Um, sexuality, politics, yeah. every everything that could be attached to identity is attached to identity. And so, therefore, you can no longer hear any type of criticism, direction, um, yeah. no matter what, um, because... Well, now I've attacked who you are. Yeah, or even a you know, a contradicting idea. You know, <laughs> yeah. We can't even hear ideas from other people. <laughs> no, you're wrong because you you know you have a different letter after your you know political party after your name or whatever. And it's like it's not a good way to to have any sort of societal fabric that ties no. us together anymore. So, um, you know, this is definitely like I said, rule number nine. Uh, it's a tougher one 
for sure to uh, to do, but we we definitely need to do better at that. Um, you know, maybe don't get so defensive all the time. Be willing to take constructive criticism. Um, you know, and in relationships too, this is really important. Is that um, you know when you're fighting with your significant other, you know maybe maybe there's a lot of emotional words there, but somewhere underneath is the actual hurt. And if we're we're too busy, you know, wanting to, to one up each other by yelling or getting in a better insult, um, we're going to miss the the actual problem. And so if we would just calm ourselves down and say, okay, well, you know, I know she called me a big stupid fat head, but uh, that's because I didn't pick my clothes up off the floor for the seventh hundred time. Oh, the D word means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure she uses <laughs> different words for you, but. Um, you know, and it's like, okay, yeah, I don't appreciate her calling me names, but maybe if I would, you know, not live like a slob, she wouldn't need to call me names. You know, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. That's just an example of, um, you know, just stop and listen. Stop and listen. Ask yourself, what can I do better? And uh, your life will get better. So, so there, yeah. Rule number 10, be precise in your speech. So that's a... Uh, this one's an, in, an interesting one. And so um, one of the things, one of the themes with uh, Jordan Peterson is um, his kind of, he, he spends a lot of time talking about life is um, making uh, order out of chaos, right? Life is chaos. This is the point he makes, and which is, is pretty true. If you think about all the stuff that's going on and has gone on throughout history and, you know, creation and the stuff that's going on around you, it is, it is pure chaos. And if you, if you focus on it too much, you're going to kind of get overwhelmed. And he makes that point. And so what we have to do as human beings is try to make an order out of that. And so we, order, we get some order in the chaos by um, breaking things down. And this is what he's talking about here is being precise, you know. So um, that means, uh, you know, if, if you're feeling frustrated or overwhelmed, we don't just go, well, everybody's out to get me, right? And we, we hear statements like that where, um, you know, the world's out to get me. Everybody, uh, nothing works in my favor. You know, it, it's life's unfair. Okay, what does that mean? You know, and that's what he's talking about here. It's like, well, what do you mean by everybody's out to get you? Well, you know, I got passed over for promotion. Okay, well, why did you get passed over for promotion? Well, this other guy was way more qualified than I was, you know. It's like <laughs> if you start breaking it down and start looking at the actual, you know. No, no, no. Yeah. It, it was a conspiracy against my success. That's right. It's because I was, you know, it's because I'm white or I'm black or I'm fat or I'm thin or I'm a man or I'm a woman or I'm a, you know, it's this, that, and the other. It's so I remember uh, this job I had at this gas station. And, uh, of course, I was I was 18 as immature. Um, and there was other things, man. No. Yeah. Um, immature? Yeah, well, I'm still immature. I was definitely immature <laughs> at 18. Um, but, you know, and the reality is at this job, I mean, I sold drugs there. I stole from this place. Um, I was hired to kite all the time. So but, they didn't promote you. you no, know, but this promotion comes up. Now, here's the thing. I was a diligent worker as well. Yes. Like, so they didn't realize I was selling drugs out of the gas station and high because the guy was oblivious or stealing stuff so they they didn't they weren't aware of that but so this promotion comes up and uh there's this other um young lady who's working there same time um she has started after me so i you know um seniority on her and and 
promotion comes up, and then I'm late one day, and I'm never late to work. Even as a drug addict, I'm a diligent worker. You know, <laughs> he's I'm a diligent drug addict. <laughs> I was. I was. Uh, and, uh, you know, so they give her the job. And in my immature mind, I'm ticked off. First off, that's crap. I was late once, and, you know, she was never late. That alone should have been enough. Like, yeah. all right, if you guys are both on the same level, this guy showed up late once. Tiebreaker. Right. You lose. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but you know, on top of it in my mind, like I'm, I quit that job. I was so, I was so mad. And of course, ignoring all the fact that I'm dishonest <laughs> in all of yeah. my dealings. I do illegal things here. <laughs> How dare they give my job <laughs> to this person who does the right thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's uh yeah, there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. <laughs> um, but so, so yeah. So when we're talking about, uh, you know, again, being precise in our speech, it's, it's, um, this, this applies to a lot of different areas. One, just what I was talking about before, um, you know, conflict in, you know, in a relationship. So if we're having a conflict, you know, well, you just hate me. Oh, you hate my mother and I hate your own, you know, she hates me or whatever, you know, we're, we're just talking about, you know, we're just flinging accusations. Um, be precise. What was, what is, what is it that you're concerned about? You know, what is it that's bothering you? Well, I don't like when you do this and this. Okay, so that's the difference there. Is like when you're just flinging accusations, there's nothing you can do with that. You know, well, you're a big stupid. Uh, I'm not gonna use words that Janelle probably yells at Aaron, but um, well, use fathead earlier. Yeah, yeah fathead. Yeah, Mixed with fathead. Yeah, you're you're just a stupid fathead. <laughs> you're such a meaner. Yeah. Um, well, what is that? You know, well, what, where's that coming from? What does that mean? What it, what is it that you don't like? You know, and this is where we don't we don't ever break. We just would rather stay at that superficial level and call each other names like children um when we need to go okay well, what is it you're having a problem with you know let's figure this out that's um you know where did we miscommunicate where are we having a difference you don't like how i do this thing okay well how can i do this better or what can we you know where can we compromise what is that that we can do um that that's what he's talking about here be precise be precise in your speech be precise about what you mean um the same with goal setting, right? This we see this all the time. You know, people set goals. I want to be. I want to be. I want to fit my clothes better. You know, or I want to. I want to lose weight. Well, okay. I mean, like, what does that mean? You know, you lose a pound, you've lost weight. So way to go, goal achieved. You know, I mean, <laughs> is that really what you want? No, I want to. I want to look this way. I want to weigh this much. I want to be able to accomplish this thing. Okay. Well, what is you know. What kind of time frame are we looking at? What it, we've talked about that. There's the smart goals, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, uh, uh, reasonable, and time oriented. Um, they need to be specific, right? We need to have something that actually looks like something we could do. We need to have specific steps so we can achieve that goal. Um, because again, life is, as I said, as Jordan Peterson likes to point out, life is chaos, and we have got to create order out of that chaos. And so, by by being precise in our speech, we do that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it's uh, <laughs> again, I just go back to how chaotic <clears throat> we we get, um, and how dishonest we are, and just this lack of saying what we mean and meaning what we say um in conversations uh and i, and I know in conflict I, I do this often especially with my, my spouse with janelle and janelle does it too where you just kind of blow up and it's just like if we would just 
say the the actual thing that had to do with what was going on. Um, sometimes we could turn three day arguments into three minute conversations, yeah. and we do have to um, get to a place of precision um, and a place of honesty with us and with the people around us, um, so that we can move past these things. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's something you know. Jill and I we've been married for again twenty one years, and uh, I got it right, <laughs> and. Um, you know, because we, we've been through that for, you know, we've been at it for a while now. And that's the thing we kind of have just moved to is like, okay, I'm frustrated about this thing, you know. And so then it's just, hey, you know, we skip the, the name calling and the angry part and just like, listen, you need to, you know, this is irritating me because of this. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't understand that. Or, you know, hey, I told you to do this. Did you? Oh, I didn't hear you. Sorry, you know, I mean, we just kind of get to that place now, and it does. It really does cut down on your argument time. Yeah, <laughs> like you which know, would be so much better. Maybe we're, it's because we're old, and we just know, you know, we gotta. We're, we're older. I'm not. She's not old. I mean, I'm old, yeah. even though she's older than me. Kind of reminds um, me of uh, we had this old uh, old dog when we lived out in the country, and, <laughs> yeah, and then we had this younger puppy, and the puppy would, you know, go chase cars forever, and the old dog was just kind of. <laughs> And drove by. That's kind of where you guys yeah, are. At. You're just like, yeah, yeah. Just the end. yeah. <laughs> let's just, just let's just deal with it and get it over with, and yeah. get on with living. You know, so we're older. We don't we don't have time to waste. Um, okay, so he says this in rule ten, and I like this one. Um, say what you mean, so that you can find out what you mean. Act out what you say, so you can find out what happens. Then pay attention, note your errors, articulate them, strive to correct them. This is how you discover the meaning of your life. That will protect you from the tragedy of your life. How could it be otherwise? So, yeah. I mean, it, it sounds really simple, but this is a difficult one. You know, say what you mean. Mean what you say. You know, figure out where you're messing up and correct it. Take responsibility, that kind of thing. Rule number 11. I like this one. Do not bother children when they are skateboarding. Um, so, what he's talking about here in this one is um, we have to learn to take risk. And we have to also let our children take risk. You know, so we... We had a rule, um, it was the last episode, um, it was don't let your child do anything that makes you dislike them. And so this kind of a parenting thing, but it also attained, or pertains to you as well, is that we um, we have to face adversity to grow. And um, and we have, you know, and, and so in this world of helicopter parenting where we don't ever let our kids go outside and play or, you know, do anything that's dangerous or, or whatever, we're, we're really stunting their ability to grow because when they go out into the world and have, you know, they actually face adversity when, you know, life doesn't work out for them, they're not going to know what to do. They're not going to know how to face that. And um, so we're doing them no favors by protecting them and completely sheltering them from, you know, hard things. Uh, and so, um, but again, it, this pertains to us too, is, is if we never go out and take risk, then we're never going to find out what it is we could do or who we could be. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and, um, it, it's, it's difficult. You know, I get, uh, I, I'm more of a risk taker. Just it's my bend. Um, I get injured a lot because of that, <laughs> whether it's, <laughs> you know, physically or emotionally or all sorts of things. Um, but, uh, you know, I especially see the children today, and I am not a helicopter parent by any means, um, but I, th I think I've arrived at a good place of balance. And I think what happened, especially our generation, there was there was kind of no safeguards, um, and, you know, we would be gone all day long, no accountability. Right. Um, it's like, 
wake up for breakfast. I, I wouldn't come home till dinner a yeah. lot. And, you know, it's riding bikes. Uh, Janelle had to really rip me because, like, the whole concept of a helmet was something. I never had a helmet. Oh, like, yeah, I never who has helmets? Yeah. And then, um, so she really had to make the case of, why do I need to spend $40 on a kid's bike helmet? And I already spent $200 on the bike. Yeah. And we spent another $40 on a helmet. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but it's like, all right. I mean, so finding this balance, you know, I'm not putting my kid in bubble wrap, but all right, they should probably wear a helmet. Um, if we're doing trail riding, I still draw the line at riding in the street. They're not wearing a helmet for that. <laughs> you know, who am I raising? I'm not raising a bunch of snowflakes. Yeah, Mild concussions geez. grow, grow us. We need to have um, a conversation after that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so finding this balance in life because we've, we've kind of overcorrected with our kids, but, um, I, I see a lot of people that are just stunted, um, and they never move. Um, because of fear of failure. And I know early on, there were some jobs I was stuck at. I, I just refused to leave. I'm like, oh, I'll never replace this $10 an hour job, you know? <laughs> um, and, you know, later on in life, I'm like, yeah, I'll survive. Like, I'll eat. I'll pay my bills. It'll, yeah. it'll work out. Or I'll downsize life. It's it's whatever. You know, and, and getting to this place of, you know, I'm still going to make reasonable decisions. Um, I'm going to, you know not just act from a place of stupidity, but act from a place of wisdom. Um, but don't, <clears throat> don't be pa uh, paralyzed with fear um, and enable to, to act or to move forward. Um, and um, th those, those places of, of, of adversity, um, those places of risk, I mean, we do grow and that's where we do develop. Um, so don't, don't stunt yourself, don't stunt your children um, because you're afraid something bad might happen. Yeah. Probably gonna happen regardless. So. Yeah, yeah. And they've done. They've actually done studies on that where you know children. Basically, it's the, you know the happy medium where it's you know parents who are totally disengaged from the kids who are just like whatever. You know they don't know if they're sleeping at their house or not. You know yeah. like they, th that's not good for the children's development. But then also on the other side of it, not ever letting your kids go do anything is not good. There's that happy medium of taking <laughs> you know measured risk, right? Acceptable risk. Um, you know risking your kid's head. While they're on a bike, it's not, you know, a good idea. But They're just riding slow. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, um, you know the, but again, letting them, you know, watching them, you know, they're going to go, you know, they're going to, you know, if you ever take a kid to the playground, right, they, they, it's not too long before they're like, hey, I'm going to jump from this platform to this platform, and you're looking at that distance, you're like, yeah, that ain't going to happen. No. You don't go over there and stop them. You let them, yeah. Good them. Luck. I mean, as long as they're not 10 feet off the ground. See, that's what I'm talking about. It's reasonable. You know, they got the, like, the lower ones, oh. and they're going to try to jump to the bar. You let them do it. You let them not make it, you know, and that's how, because then when they don't make it, they either learn that they can't, you know, or they understand, you know, physics and gravity, or they they try again, you know, and they, oh, I'm going to have to push harder. I'm going to have to adjust. What I do, that's that's teaching them a life lesson, and we don't do that. Um, and we we really need to because again that's going to help them to grow. Yeah, see, I'm the parent. I'm encourage my kids. I don't think you can do a backflip off of that. Yeah, <laughs> I've never done a backflip. Huh? You're just a sissy. Like, yeah, maybe. you were more of a man. You'd do the backflip <laughs> off of that. Dad, I'm I'm gonna get hurt. No, it's fine. You're not gonna yeah. get hurt. No, do a backflip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know, and there's actually I I'm. To an extent, there's there's something to that, you know. There's because um, well, know, two of my kids can now do backflips. I was gonna say because you know sometimes being challenged to do those things, you know, this is the thing you used to do in um, practice is that you know when you're trying to 
find that stretch somebody who's got you know really bad back pain and, and they their back is seized up and their legs are the muscles are all spasm and everything like that like what you can do is have them lay on their back and you're trying to stretch their leg out and bring it up and one of the ways you can actually increase a person's flexibility when they're in that condition is not by actually stretching them but by putting your hand in front of their foot you know like so if they got their foot straight up in there in front of their toe and say try to touch my hand with your foot and all of a sudden they, they'll get you know six inches extra out of just because mentally you're yeah. giving them a goal to push towards and in even though their their muscles weren't allowing them to do that before by just telling them hey if you can try to touch my hand that it'll actually increase their flexibility and so there's something to that yeah. again a measured well a measured approach i'm not encouraging is, all my children to do backflips <laughs> i look at them just and say yeah which ones are which capable ones want, possibly can yeah. be able to do that so yeah you know, brandon's now doing gainers off the diving board yeah. you know so yeah it's showing Sometimes off and strutting and stuff and yeah. he's, he's great the grateful dad pushed him in <laughs> directions of risk yeah um so yeah so so don't bother children while they're skateboarding he says this in the book uh it says to interfere with the child's will willingness to take necessary risk is not love or empathy but cowardice on the part of the parents so there don't be a coward um <laughs> rule number 12 Put, uh, I'm, I'm afraid to read this one with Aaron because uh, you'll, you'll hear it in a second. So number 12, pet a cat when you encounter one on the street. Okay, so let's not make any reference to killing cats. Or right, right, right. I'm just, I'm just <clears throat> Aaron's like, kick a cat when you encounter uh, one yeah. on the street. Uh, I, I love kittens. Could you put a kitten? Okay, a kitten. kitten. Yeah, kittens are pet precious. A kitten. Okay, so what he's talking about here is, um, again, uh, one of the themes with Peterson is is – trying to establish order out of chaos and, and that life is chaos and so what he's talking about here is is to appreciate simple things appreciate beauty when you encounter it appreciate um practice gratitude right so taking the time to to stop and pet a cat um is just it's it's a it's a simple moment right it's a simple act of kindness right to the cat it's a simple just appreciating of life in a sense and that's that's the case he's trying to make here you know so um appreciating uh you know a, a beautiful sunrise or something like that <laughs> i remember this reminds me of um when i was in the army it was in basic training and we were doing a uh we were on our kind of at least when, when i did it what you would kind of everything would kind of culminate and you had to do like a few days out in the field where it was you, you you can't you know you're intense no no going back to the barracks no hot chow um running missions kind of thing and you know you would set up camp and then you had to march somewhere else and so we were marching in between our um in between you know where we had started to where we were going next and um we're sitting there marching along this road and i went to fort Leonardwood, which is in missouri so, you know, you're kind of in the mount, the hills and, and whatnot. And this was in, oh, late, late, it was in fall. And so the, the, the leaves are turning and all that kind of stuff. And um, we're sitting there marching. And next thing you know, we hear, hear a pssst. And everybody starts going, gas, gas, gas. And so they, our drill sergeants had a CS canister, which is like severe tear gas, right? And they're running down the line. And it's to teach us because you have to stop and, pull your gas mask out and, and put it on and um 
Um, it was funny. One of the guys just like threw it down on the ground because he couldn't get it undone. So he just threw it down on the ground, like ran off into the woods <laughs> <laughs> to get away from it. Because it's, if you've ever had that before, because earlier, first, like the first week of training, you go and get gas by the CS gas and it's not a comfortable thing at all. Um, anyway, so he just ran away. So you get my gas mask on and we, you know, um, everybody does that. And then we kind of collect ourselves and we start marching in, but we have to keep our gas mask on. And, uh, I remember marching and then looking out at the, at the, the hills and stuff that were and just thinking, what a contrast as I'm looking out through my gas mask and these little eyelets that I have, cause in my mask has little glasses, um, inserts. And so your field of vision is, is very small. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I'm sitting there looking and taking this beautiful scenery thinking like, well, that's really pretty through my gas mask, which I thought was yeah. just the, so you get a prescription gas mask. Well, I get a prescription inserts for my mask. Cause you have to take your, your yeah, yeah. there's no contacts in the army. So you have to take your glasses off, put that on. And it's got these little round glasses inserts that again, even constricts your vision even more because you, your field of vision is only as big as those things are. And they're, they're smaller than the actual, round parts that you can see out of so i'm sure they saved a couple bucks by giving you half <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> half the field yeah. division <laughs> yeah what do they carry you know I'm, yeah. I'm, the, the guys that are seen impaired <laughs> are gonna yeah. be the first to go <laughs> yeah they're like hey you go check that out over there you don't count <laughs> as much um but the, you know that's what that's what he's talking about here though is that you know even in the moment where things seem chaotic and you know i about had my face burned off by cs gas which again is not comfortable you know, for whatever reason, I just was able to take in the scenery and think, well, this is nice. <laughs> <It's just> nice. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was a lack of sleep. But um, but that's what he's talking about here is that, you know, so much we, we just miss so many of these moments and these opportunities to just take it in. And, it, it, you know, one of the things I love to do now as a parent is, you know, anytime that we're just, you know, hanging around, having like family family game night we're all laughing and stuff is just to take that moment in and think man this is nice and you know we're not yelling at each other arguing with each other having attitudes or all the stuff the kids do um and just think man we're just sitting here being a family and you know there's so many moments like that that if people would just take it in you know it does it, it does wonders for you as far as how you feel and how you see things um to, to just take in the moments and have a little bit of gratitude. Um, I know that's something I struggle with a lot, but I try to be more intentional about it. Um, again, especially as the older you get and you're just like, you know, these moments are, are fleeting, you know, they're only yeah. going to be around for a little while. And, um, uh, so, you know, you need to take it in as much as you can. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was reminded of, uh, it was, uh, something I saw on, on Facebook the other day, which is, uh, um, you'll kind of see in a minute why it's bad, but, uh, um, uh, so it's talking about people going to concerts and how ridiculous it is. People, you know, are holding up their, their cell phones, if you own the whole concert oh, yeah. through the cell phone or whatever. And we see it all the time as I'm experiencing life through Facebook at that moment. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, just kind of the place that we're at. We, we do miss the moment. Um, we don't live in it. Um, we don't live for it. Um, it's kind of like one of those things where we're trying to collect all the data so we can go back and remember it. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's kind of, kind of a weird type of mindset. 
um, to be in, and you know, it's an awkward way to approach life. And it's not very healthy. Um, <clears throat> I mean, just imagine that. Imagine going through life, and because it's what we're doing, taking pictures and videos of everything, because we're constantly glued to this little electronic device, just so we can go back and try to remember the event that we could have just experienced in the first place. Yeah. So it's uh, guys, kids' birthdays, all of that, vacations. Um, I know when we went on vacation, you know, one of the things that we um, resolved to do was actually not to take a lot of pictures or video. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's just enjoy the time here. So we would take a few here and there, but um, but mostly just trying to stay off of the the phone. Um, we wouldn't get on social media or post. Uh, my wife would do like an update for some of our family and friends once a uh, once a day. Um, but other than that, it's like we're not we're not going to engage with a bunch of stuff right now. We're we're here. Let's let's be present. And you know we need to get back to that place just uh, throughout our day to day. Yeah. No, that's good. Is that it? That's it. That's rule number twelve. What? We're done. Uh, Except say- for. And he's got another book out, so it's another yeah. it's another twelve rules. But I haven't read it yet, so yeah, I'll let well, you read that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I read mostly theology, so if you want to, know, you tried to make this argument. Yeah, well, it's, it's what I do. It's what I do. So um, I don't I don't read uh, I don't read fiction. Yeah. And uh, I typically don't read self help. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I just uh, I read theology. That's what I teach. So <laughs> that's what I spend my time on. Um, and then I'm going to be real noble here. I read the Bible. Okay. Yes. I read the Bible well, a lot. No, 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 no. <laughs> I can read more than one book at a time. Actually, that's a problem for me. It's, it's, yeah. So I've just finished, I just finished reading, um, you know, I've talked about it a lot, but the, the happiness hypothesis, I had started that and then I stopped and started reading something else. And then I stopped that one and started reading something else. So I have like four books I have started not finished and what did i do right after i finished I, the happiness hypothesis i started instead of going back to one of the ones i hadn't finished i started a different one so which actually after i started reading it i was like i've read this before because there's highlights in my kindle and i was like but i have no idea that i've read it so obviously very yeah. impactful i think me. everybody does i was just finishing up two neither one of them were long books i finished one while i was reading the two at the same time and listening to the audiobook i've been listening to been doing a lot of audiobooks yeah, just because I'm on the bike and stuff a lot lately. You know, those, like, what else am I gonna do? Uh, yeah. Breaks it up too, but yeah, um, yeah we're anyway. we're yeah, grateful what books for you guys. Are you reading? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's a lot. Yeah, if you're not reading something, you should be. <laughs> you should be. Let me suggest Twelve Rules for Life. Yeah. Um, but man, we're grateful for you guys. Thanks for uh, just spending some time with us uh, today. Uh, and just checking us out. Be sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, all of that. Like, share our content. If you have any questions or concerns, you can reach out to us here at the church office at 918-283-2221 or at info at cedarpoint.church. We'd love, again, just to to hear from you, but uh, we do love you guys. We'll see you right back here next week.